Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Kathy Caprino. Kathy, are you ready to do this? I am so ready, George. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Let's 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 go. Kathy let's go. is a finding brave career and leadership coach. She is the author of The Most Powerful You. She is an international speaker and trainer, a senior Forbes contributor, host of the Finding Brave podcast. She's helping women build rewarding and impactful careers of significance. Kathy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. All right. Personal life. What a question. I love it. Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, I'm a mom of two amazing adults. So happy I'm a singer on the side, which we were chatting about. I'm a tennis player. I'm a dog lover. Uh, And and that's it, really. And frankly, uh, my work has become a really my life, which is, it's fun for me. My work is like going to a movie. I, I mean, it's work, but uh, the work is, as we were talking about um, last 16 years, I have focused on career coaching for both men and women, but my sweet spot is mid to high level professional women. I would say, I, I think this is kind of an important piece. Uh, before that, I was a marriage and family therapist. And before that, I was a corporate person for 18 years. Mm. And the reason I'm so passionate about this work is that I had a very successful corporate career on the outside, but on the inside, George, it was, it was a mess. So many bumps that turned into true crises, uh, you know, sexual harassment, gender bias, toxic uh, narcissistic colleagues and bosses, chronic illness, infection of the trachea every three months. Who's ever heard of it? Tracheitis, hmm. you know, where I couldn't speak and it was really serious, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And frankly, there weren't, a lot of people back then that knew how to help with careers. So that's why I'm so passionate about helping other people who know something has to change, but for a lot of reasons, they can't do it themselves or they can't figure it out. That's, that's my world. Appreciate that. Tracheitis. What a horrible affliction for a singer to have. It was so Kathy. horrible. And what would happen was I, I would, it would burn. I would be so sick and then nothing would come out of my mouth. I remember huh. looking at my little children then and I couldn't speak. And I don't know if anyone listening knows about energy and chakras and, but what is the throat? It's the seat of your personal expression. It's who you are, how you communicate in the world. So uh, I didn't believe in this at the time, but a few people said, go to an energy healer. And I went to two and they both, without me saying anything, they said, wow, what do you do for a living? Because it's making you sick. I didn't want to believe that because I made good money and I was 40 and I didn't want to change everything. And this is why we stay stuck. That, 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 that was what I was curious about. And it's not a glib thing. It's a, I really wanted to know, was it psychological that you were in this terrible situation with all those I don't want to say terrible people, just terrible situation with terrible people around you, potentially um, that you weren't able to express yourself or speak up for yourself, reluctant to, to, you know, all that. I imagine that that's things that you help people with now. It's exactly what I help people with now. And I'm interested in your question, you know, having been a therapist, when you say, was it psychological, you mean the loss of voice? Yeah. Uh, no one's ever put it quite like that. Um, 
I think I would reframe that and say, when we don't feel safe hmm. uh, to express who we are, often, you know, a, a lot of people have said this, even an emergency room doctor who I've interviewed, your body says what your lips cannot. I would put it that way. Hmm. Meaning you're going to get an affliction of some kind. So many people come to me who have chronic illness. And, you know, there's a wonderful book by Louise Hay, who's now passed away. Uh, you can heal your life about um, kind of the spiritual under or emotional underpinnings of illness. I don't mean you shouldn't go to a doctor. You know, I go to the sure. doctor, believe in Eastern and Western medicine, but your body does give you signs and often they're metaphoric. Like if your back is killing you, sometimes it's how are you not supporting yourself? Mm -hmm. How are you afraid? It's, it's incredible. So yeah, I'd say that my body was giving me a sign that things are really bad here. So I, I, what, what was for lack of a better term, sort of the breaking point or the light bulb moment that said, okay, I've done a couple of these things uh, and, and I'm just recognizing that it's not just me. There's these massive problems that so many other people are having. I'm, I'm in a position to be able to have an impact. Well, it went, it, the, the, the big breaking point was um, I had, uh, so I'm in this two year toxic position, very senior. And one of the leaders said, we were going to look for another house. And the leader said, buy the biggest house you can, because mm. you have a long career here. And my husband, we're divorced now, but very amicable. He, uh, he's a renowned jazz percussionist. So I kind of saw myself as the money bags. We bought the biggest house we could afford. And one month later was 9-11. And one month later, I was laid off. Mm. And it was that layoff. And, and I'm sure people listening really understand. You know, I wrote my first book is Breakdown Breakthrough. You have a breakdown. That was the breakdown moment. I felt betrayed. The way it went down was so horrible for me. So hard. Look, I, I get choked up even talking about it. And it was, yeah. you know, back after 9-11, good grief. Uh, it was just so hard. And I felt so betrayed that I snapped, George. And I said, I cannot return to this life. I can't do it. But my kids were little then. What was I going to do? And I'll just say this, because sometimes the conversation, one conversation literally changes your life. I was mm. having therapy over why I hated my work so much. And I'm in his office, my therapist, crying a week after this layoff. And he said to me, Kathy, I know that this looks like the worst crisis you've ever faced. From where I sit, it's the first moment you can choose who you want to be in the world. Oh. Oh. Now, who do you want to be? Now. People listening probably will understand it. If I knew the answer to that, I probably wouldn't have been in the mess I was. So I went, I don't know. I want to be you. And he, we laughed. I like that just blurted out. He goes, what does that mean to you? And I said, I want to help people not hurt people and be hurt. Hmm. And he said, you know, I've known you a little while. I think you'd make a great therapist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I researched it. I said, oh my gosh, this is what I want the master's in. You know, a lot of people I worked with had MBAs and I said to myself, I don't, I don't care about an MBA, but in studying marriage and family therapy, wow, it was the answer to everything. Why we're, why we develop the way we do, you know, all of it. But as I did it and I dealt with rape, incest, pedophilia, suicidality, drug addiction, George, it was, it was hard. I, I had a client call me few years into it and say, I'm going to kill myself now. I'm going to wrap my car around a tree. And I remember thinking one, 
I don't feel equipped to help help. Number two, this is so dark. I'm not sure this is the right place for me. We did get her help. She, she in the end did quite well. Uh, but then I found coaching. And so that was a long story to it, but often we are pushed to our knees mm -hmm. before we'll do anything. And what I try to help people do is don't wait till you're pushed to your knees. Don't wait till the breakdown happens because then, then it's a mess. <laughs> then you're dealing with, I'm out of a job. I, I said to my boss, F you. Uh, and now what do I do? I got fired. You know, it never goes as well when you wait till that moment, do it before. Yeah. That's, that's hard for us humans, right? <laughs> we don't like change. We don't like change. And we're, you know, I was talking to, uh, I, I run a few courses in masterminds, you know, it, it sounds like a cliche, but the thing that keeps us so stuck is fear. But this, the, the difficult thing is fear has many tentacles. It's fear of failure. It's fear of success. It's fear of humiliation. It's fear of what people will say. When I set, started to tell people I was going to be a therapist, you wouldn't believe what people said. Really? Why do you mm. think you have to do that? And you're going to be broke and burnt out, you know, a, a litany of things. Really? Mm. Thanks a lot. Um, we're afraid of so much. And, um, I think when we can get to the root of our particular failure, fear of failure or a particular fear, I'm sorry. Um, and usually I, I have to say this, we are what our childhood taught us to be. Mm. Usually it comes from something we learned in childhood. You can't ask for help. You can't look weak. Women should be this, men should be that. Uh, really, one of the first places to start is look at what your childhood taught you to be and who you had to be to get love and acceptance. That was a Tony Robbins question in his documentary, I'm Not Your Guru. He said, who did you crave love most from hmm. when you were a child and who did you have to be to get it? And for me, I knew in a minute, Brilliant for my dad, because he was brilliant, and obedient for my mother. Hmm. Well, if you think you have to be brilliant every minute of the day, and if you are trying to be obedient, you're going to have a breakdown. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So being... This is, this is accessible for, for all of us, the, the answer to these questions it's not that far away. It's True. just, is it just that I've never actually sat down and really thought about it? Well, I would say I'd like it to be not that far away, but it is far away for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, let me give you an example. I have something called a career path assessment, which um, I can give everybody the link. It's free. It's 11 pages of questions I wish someone had asked me. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, 30, yeah, 40 years ago. And if I'd answered these questions more correctly and thoroughly, I, I wouldn't have made the mistakes I made. But for instance, let's start here. Uh, there's, there's questions about every job you ever had, what you loved, what you hated, what your greatest accomplishments were, what you took away from it. It's incredible to me. There's a question on, you know, what are you particularly talented at? What, what are your special talents? So many people, particularly women, and there's reasons for this, which I can get into, leave it blank. 
Hmm. I don't know. Or they're put some platitude. I don't know. I think I'm good at listening or, uh, you know, and I will look at what they just said they did. They're epidemiologists. They're at the UN. They're, you know, award-winning authors. And I say to myself, they don't understand how they're talented. Um, So when you don't have access to that, how am I talented? Or how can I speak up? And yes, you tell me I should ask for what I want. I don't know how to do that. Mm. It isn't, you know, coaching coaching training tells you the individual has all the resources they need internally. That's not actually true. Sometimes we need training. Sometimes we need revising. So with me, for instance, my mom is 97 and, and got over COVID still alive. And my biggest, my biggest supporter, but I couldn't challenge my mother's Greek. You don't challenge your Greek mom. (laughs) It doesn't go well. And when I started writing about this, I said, mom, are you going to be okay? And then I'm going to say that. And she hesitated and said, yeah, I could see how you would think you, you have to be obedient. That's how I was raised. And that's how, but the point is, if you think you can't speak up, it's not just going to happen. You need help. You need mentorship. You need coaching. You need someone sitting there in the corner with you. So, you know, you mentioned, I think the, the seven damaging power gaps, that's my latest book, the most powerful Mm -hmm. you. I looked at what is missing from all these people who are coming for help. What is it? No matter what level, no matter how much I'm talking, some make millions, some make nothing, some are in India, some are, why is it they're, they're bringing the same challenges? So I pulled the viewfinder back and what I saw was they're missing two things and, and particularly women, bravery to look you know, head on, face it head on, what isn't working, but bravery isn't enough. You have to have power, internal and external power. That is what is going to change change you. Uh, and you don't get that necessarily by wishing for it. So there we go. Did that, that was a long answer to your question. No. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm always grateful when people say, well, you're, 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 you're not correct on that, George, because <laughs> I think that that's, and I, I think that you're spot on and, and right. I think that we do have a lot of the answers inside of us, but that doesn't mean we know where they are. Right. We, oh. we, we, we need help. You're right. Like in this mastermind last night, someone was working through what they should do. And it was very complex. And they said, I don't understand why I'm so confused about what to do. Hmm. And so, you know, you ask in your prep questions, what's the first thing a person should do? They should get incredibly clear about what they want. Start there. But we we're so afraid to even ask that because of the repercussions. <gasps> but if I do that, people won't like me or I'll get blacklisted in my field or I'll lose my house or my spouse will say, what? You're going to quit your corporate job. What about that? We cut ourselves off, off at the knees. We don't even get clear about what it is we really want. So when we do that, when we start with what is it my soul, my heart wants, uh, you can get to clarity a little quicker, but we're, we're, it's masked from us. It's so far away. 
Now, I do want to say this, George, if I can. I don't know the makeup of your listeners, but I do want to say people say, well, why do women struggle with all this more? And I want to say this, this is not to bash men, but we live in a patriarchal society, right? And especially in the working world, it's leadership is dominated by men. Mm-hmm. So, so in any kind of uh, system where there's a dominant culture, the non-dominant culture goes underground a little bit or needs to pretend they're more like the dominant culture. But what happens is in a patriarchal world, you split, we split ourselves in half and we know what this means. There's the masculine and the feminine. The masculine is strong, gets it done, not emotional, not connective, you know, not vulnerable. What is the feminine? Soft, pleasing, malleable, puts other people first. You can even hear it in my voice. And the the difficult thing is in a patriarchal world, everybody shuns the feminine, not just women, you know, not just men. We shun it because, um, and, you know, I interviewed the amazing Mark Green about uh, man box culture and how men are, you know, connection and vulnerabilities beaten out of men from age, you know, two on. Um, So men have it hard too. But in this kind of culture, women are taught not to be assertive. We're taught not to communicate with strength and confidence. I mean, a lot of women listening will know what I mean. You know, I was called a biatch for doing the same thing my colleague, my male colleague was doing and getting promoted. Right. One boss called me a buzzsaw. Mm. And I said, I don't even know what that means. Is that a good thing? You know, and he goes, yeah, get it done. He called the man director a buzzsaw never. So all of these power gaps, while 90% of the men I've studied have them, 98% of women have at least one of these gaps. And on average, they have three. Mm -hmm. If you have these power gaps, you can't thrive. You can't thrive in your relationships. You can't thrive in your work. That's that. That that is that, and I, yeah, I mean, you, you you're talking about people that are wildly successful, and they have these gaps, and that just means that your potential is exponentially more than where you're at right now. So your achievement level is is off the charts. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can do. But I want to say I do work with people that are not amazingly successful. You know, they've been fired three times, or they keep getting passed over or they were betrayed by their narcissistic or toxic colleague. Um, so no, I don't, I, I make it a point not to work just with wealthy people or just with uber successful people, because to your point, it's those people that have a passion to do something, but feel thwarted, can't figure it out, can't get out of the gate. That's the, that's the population I love to help. Because, you know, in being in the long arc of people's lives, it's amazing what they can accomplish. It's utterly astounding. Amen. I think that that's really well said. Yeah. And the last thing I meant to sort of um, in, um, suggest that is, is that you're only working with really, really people that are just killing it because we, <laughs> we, we, it, and that's, that's the same thing that, 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 that I talk about in my work is, you know, people that are financially successful doesn't mean that they're doing the right things with money and that they're, that, that they're outwardly that, that appears that they're successful to other people doesn't mean that they're doing the right things. Just oh, like is that true. 
And um, a lot of people appear to be financially successful who are so are not. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know what I'm saying? You talk yeah. about it a lot, I'm sure. And you I, know, it, the it image me, we project. It strikes me, Kathy, that, that, that you've tackled marriage and, and relationships. Now you're helping people with careers. And at some point in the future, you're going to be helping people with, with uh, money as well, because you might as well really handle the three most important things. Oh, I can't wait from your, <laughs> from your mouth to yes. the universe's ears. Wow. <laughs> well, I got to get my situation a little, I'm working on scaling. That's, that's for my business, the, a little bit of a challenge because I'm really good one-on-one. Mm. You know, I wish I'm on Canva a lot. Do you ever use Canva? Sure. And I've interviewed uh, the founder. What a brilliant, scalable idea, you know, mm-hmm. that people need design help. Why don't we create templates? Oh, I'm oh. trying to do that. Let me figure that out. And then, okay. then the money will. First things you. first, Kathy. First things okay. first. Yeah. I love it. I'm focus on career. Well, Kathy, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? The best difference making tip. All right. This is it, people. I want you to understand, and this is fact because I've worked with thousands of people. You are like your thumbprint. There is no one like you in the world. You have to recognize that and you have to understand that the world needs you. I don't say this in some platitude in a way. We need your skills and your talents and your passions. So if you are hiding or scared or think you can't, I can't stand it. This is a long tip. When people say, don't follow your passions, you're going to go broke. Anyone who says that hasn't been able to follow their passions. It's just now you got to do it smart. But I want you to be listening here and understand that we need you. But now it's time to get going here. Now it's time to read about these power gaps, take my power gap survey, figure out which ones you have and close those gaps. Because when you do, that's when you really shine your light and we need you to. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Love it, Kathy. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they Where can they access the assessment? Where can they uh, take advantage of the seven-day um, challenge? Okay, so kathycaprino.com. You can go to my assessments page and free training page. It's all there. Mostpowerfulyou.com is my course, uh, which is a digital companion to the book. And Finding Brave, findingbrave.org is my podcast. And I interview amazing folks at George, you got to come on. And uh, it really can be transformational just to get one idea that gets you unlocked and gets you out of the gate. So that's where I send folks. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kathy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to kathycaprino.com. That's K-A-T-H-Y-C-A-P-R-I-N-O.com. Go to the assessments tab and check out all the great resources that we've been talking about today. Go to mostpowerfulyou.com and pick up a copy of the book and then find her podcast, findingbrave.org. Thanks again, Kathy. Thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.